Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 8, Episode 8, titled, You're a Winner, Baby. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one victorious co-host from the podcast. Pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Wait, do you know what it's going to be, Taylor? Oh, no, I have no I idea. this one's pretty obvious. All right, here we go. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me. <laughs> to- <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well. You know, we do this, like, show. It's, it's funny. The description on the show, Just Between Us Girls, for people who get it, is Joe Batan and Taylor the Latte Boy shoot the breeze before recording an episode of Drag Race Recap. Same thing every single week. Mm-hmm. It started off that way, and then at the end got very dark, yeah. which... <laughs> yes. But, it, you know, you have to have serious conversations. And it is actually... Look, Just Between Us Girls really is always us shooting the breeze, but this one felt much more shooty the breezy than usual. Even yeah. though sometimes those, those can be serious conversations. Anyway, to listen mm-hmm. to that and support gay media, go to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia and join at any level. Any level you want. Uh, except expensive tier. That one sold out. But any other tier you want, uh, go ahead. Um, all right, Taylor. You know, Taylor... I like a short show. I think this is going to be a short show. So, which, again... You just jinxed us. Yep. Just It's just... It's like Alexis Michelle telling Lala Rie, I'll never forget this. It's not necessarily going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Right. This week, the girls pay homage on the runway to the All-Stars winners that have come before them. In the end, Alexis is named the top All-Star of the week, while Candy Muse and Lala Rie are in the bottom two. This week's lip-sync assassin, Nikki Doll dukes it out with candy in a lip sync battle for their legacies in the end alexis wins ten thousand doulas and the right to announce that she has chosen to send home la la re taylor the latte boy share your thoughts on the lip sync and whether the right person went home i think we are running out of lip sync assassins <laughs> i saw a funny reddit post today that was like my reaction <laughs> to seeing this week's lip sync assassin and then they posted the short video of Gia going, Gia Gunn saying like, well, I guess there's room for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I unfortunately had it spoiled for me because I was I was looking through YouTube um, before I started watching the show and it said, Nikki Doll is this week's lip sync s- assassin. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's one of those parody yeah. accounts <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> like that's what went through my head because it was only like, it was like a 15 second video but it also had the picture of rue with the the hair that she had so when rue actually came out with that hair i'm like there's there's no way nikki doll is gonna be that's that's you know no so when she came out i just like laughed and thought this is ridiculous um i thought the lip sync i think alexis clearly won the lip sync 
Um, this was a good song for Alexis because it is sort of that, you know, she's, I mean, she even with the big hair, the big like 60s hair, it it all made sense for her. Like, I can't imagine Alexis like lip syncing to a, like a Kim Petra song, but something like this. It, it it fit a little old bit more. Old school drag queen kind of number. Old school drag queen number. Absolutely. And Alexis, I will say this, lover or hater, she gives really good face as far as the lip syncing with, you know, the, she, she emotes. She's very clear in her um, ability to lip sync. Like, you know, she, you know, she knew the words through the whole thing. Um, as far as the right person going home, you already know my answer to this. No, no. It, it for multiple reasons, not the least of which is I I, I can't stand candy. So I, mm, I your, think that your endocrinologist would disagree, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a really good visit with my endocrinologist this week. She referred to me as a very healthy man. That's an exact quote. She did do it in air quotes, but uh <laughs> No, so I, I, I just I was disappointed, not only because of the the conversation that had been had, but just because she was going up against Candy. But what about you? Well, let's before we, I say my opinion, which isn't far different from yours. Uh, I feel that th- we're gonna this, this is gonna be a very front loaded show because of what we're talking about, and um, and there's no way around it. And I feel your mental health. Uh, expertise and the fact that you wrote a book that we'll talk about in a second will uh, will come in handy. I talked about this in a previous episode. I'll say it again. It's often and, and it's not just you have a bad memory. That's part of it. But these queens get so much fucking shit done to their face between the last appearance and then then that they come out and I go, I don't know who that is. You know? So uh-huh. when she came out, I was like, I have until they went Nikki doll and I was like oh oh her oh yeah she was a person and um yeah she was she there was there you know and so uh and in typical fashion as an early it, I mean it, it's appropriate for the season that a bunch of early outs would have a lip sync assassin that was an early out right yeah it was a very whatever lip sync which is funny because it's gonna go against uh what I'm gonna say right now or, or later, it, it might be actually be a topic we talk about deeper on Alaska thoughts. First of all, let's talk about the lip sync. Yeah, it is in 1987. If you went to any drag show, I feel this number would have a high chance of being in it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's it's a classic old school drag number, and so yeah, so uh, and Alexis does play into that kind of drag. She probably already knew this number. Probably already done this number multiple times. Absolutely. So yeah. you know, it was sort of in her favor. But and the lip sync was fine. She was she was clearly much better than Nikki Doll, which uh-huh. is I'm very curious to see how it goes to my next point, which is did the right person go home? No. And in fact, this is proof. No one was there, but proof that I don't watch spoilers. I literally I was like, all right, well, it's Candy Ho. I'm Candy Muse. Uh <laughs> It's Candy Muse. They brought they brought out Candy Ho just to send her home. <laughs> and she's like, I'm here. And they just sent her home. Um, I'm okay. Right. It's Candy Muse. Yay. At least there's an upside to this boring episode. And then when she said La La Ri, I was like, gasp. And then like mouth, jaw dropped, you know? And I was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, so the show still has a way, uh, 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 an ability to surprise me. Okay. But 
What I will say is I've seen a lot of chatter, and look, I don't know why, and this is, we'll, we'll get into this analysis in a bit, why Alexis chose Lala over Candy, we could do an entire two-hour episode on that, because, and I want you to start thinking about this as a mental health professional, because you have, let's just take it objectively, Candy has made Alexis cry, uh-huh. has essentially been the bully of the season, which may have been very obvious there. And then you have just the episode prior, which you understand something wasn't a week to them, is like two days ago. Right. Lala saved Alexis's ass and Alexis told her, I will never forget this. And also has been flirting the fuck out with each other, actually, even say Lala flirting with Alexis, Alexis flirting with Lala. Like, that's why this seemed like such a slam dunk. And why is it that abused people often identify with their abusers. Well, we'll get to you in a second, Taylor. I can already feel like I can see everyone. I can see Taylor's brain uh, working. No, I have nothing else to say about this. The right person go home. No, it should have been Candy Muse. Taylor the Latte Boy. Now, before the reason I'm asking Taylor is Taylor wrote a book called Pick Me (laughs) by Taylor the Latte Boy DDS. Taylor, give us your, why is it that someone, like, it should be slam dunk, someone who has been, like, this is, Candy has been uh, Alexis's bully for the most part this season. How did she save her? Well, uh, the full title of the book is Pick Me, colon, Pick Me, Pick Me, Oh, Rue, Please Pick Me, Pick Me, by Taylor the Latte Boy DDS. So, just want to get that out there for those of you scrolling Amazon right now. Um... I would say there is a book that I recommend to a lot of people. I feel like I've recommended it to you. You too, just recommended called, it. Um, no, <laughs> some another author has written a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Um, and it's a book about trauma and it's a book. <laughs> My body's winning. <laughs> so and they talk a little bit about there that it used to be, you know, the, the response to perceived danger used to be fight or flight and now they've they've expanded it for a lot of times people heard fight flight or freeze as one and there's actually a fourth f now which is fight flight freeze or fawn and fawn is where an example would be kind of someone who is an abusive relationship rather than rock the boat they just try to keep the person as comfortable and as calm as possible So you see this a lot in domestic abuse situations. And I know that, unfortunately, there have been times in which over the last couple of weeks, Alexis has said that she was intimidated and she was scared of Candy during the season. So I'm almost wondering if that is a I am again, these girls are too in their head as far as thinking ahead of the what happens when this all shows. So maybe she thought, I don't want to have the war with Candy after this is done and when the episode airs. So I'm just going to, ke- I'm going to keep candy here instead of Lala. That's the only reason I can come up with because. Uh, from my notes, let me look, let me revisit my notes. I don't know if I have it. Did you watch on Tuck Taylor? I did. did. Was it unanimous for, oh yeah, the unanimous against Lala. Yeah. I wonder if they just sort of know what the vote count is, you know, just casually. And she knew it was uh-huh. unanimous against Lala and she didn't want to rock the boat against the cast. Because what I was going to say was, because so I was listening to people like, oh, Alexis did this. But the entire cast agreed with Alexis. And 
and this is something we'll probably explore more in Rulaska thoughts, but there is this illusion of choice. People are coming for Alexis for choosing Lala. But let's say Alexis did choose Candy. It would have been edited crazy, and they would have just made that Nikki won. Lala was going to go home. And so there's this illusion of choice on this show, but the, 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 they choose based on who the producers want to go home. And, and let's be honest with you. We have at least two episodes left. And if Candy goes, I mean, look at who it'll be. I mean, there are people that we like, but it will be very boring. It would be Jimbo is great on the runway and in challenges, but in the workroom is not terribly interesting. Same with Jessica. Uh, Alexis can be, but I think she needs a foil like uh, Candy to get her going to her craziness. And then the it would be, well, either Candy or Lala. And Lala, again, is charming, but not terribly interesting as a person. So you would need Candy to keep the show even kind of afloat as a, as a reality television show. I, I disagree with that on Lala. I have enjoyed most of Lala's uh, confessionals yeah. more than just about anybody else's this season. Okay, then how was this episode? How was this episode? Oh, yeah, well, how was this episode? It's I didn't say she's great at them. I just said I enjoy them more no, than but what I'm saying is that the, te- the television, as- the reality television aspect of this show is very, very weak this season. Very weak. I don't think it's ever been weaker, to be honest with you. I used to say mm-hmm. save All-Stars 1. I think this might be worse than All-Stars 1. How boring it is. Because at least All-Stars 1, and Robert made this point on Rulaska Thoughts, because I was arguing that All-Stars 1 is terrible, and he was saying it's boring, but it has an amazing cast, which you can't deny that. So it has this... No, you can't deny that. This is like a weak cast and boring. This is the worst All-Stars now, hands down, the worst All-Stars of... And one of the worst seasons ever, to be honest with you. And so, like, how do you get rid of Candy Muse in that? I mean, when you think about it, we are, we're down to the top four, five? How many are now left? Now there are officially four left, yeah. Four left. I don't care who wins. I don't care who well, wins. it's clearly Jimbo. This far into it. Well, yes, yes. At this point, it's it's been whittled down enough to where it's Jimbo. And I wonder if Heidi had stayed, if there would be more of a, we don't know who's going to win sort of thing. I, I just, I wonder, but um, yeah, no, it is. And I know that I have the reputation of coming in and trashing the show and, and all of that sort of stuff from previous seasons I've been on. And I'm trying hard not to do that, but they kind of gave me a season that it's really hard to not come in and just be like, I don't, like, I don't get excited for this show like I have with other I seasons. I think you're in the clear this season because the audience agrees with you. I think it okay. comes up when people, like, like the season and you're shitting on it. But, like, I think everyone clearly agrees. It's a terrible, terrible season. I have a question. I have a question mm-hmm. for you. And I wonder if you said that it sort of was unanimous. Well, it was unanimous that Lala was going home just like it was unanimous last week, the Kahana. We've had a lot of unanimous votes. And... As viewers, you know, we've you you can kind of see the order, especially by the second half. You can tell which girls are going to go home, possibly with an upset. Do you think that there are girls there that know they're not going to win and know who's going to win, like have a really good idea? So they're just kind of going along with the hive mind of, well, I guess it's this person's time. I guess it's this person's time. 
And but like the the example that I'm thinking of is it was clear from moment one when Shay walked into the All Stars studio, the workroom, that she was the winner. Like she and she was like the first one that came in, and it was like everybody who came in and saw her, they had to on some level know she didn't win season nine because of the rose petal thing. She was clearly the front runner for that. There's no way that Rue isn't going to give it to Shay. Yes, but if I, if I remember that season accurately, Shay won in a particularly weak cast. But I remember thinking like, oh, a little bit of the Shay luster has been lost. I think we realized she wasn't as strong as we thought she was. She was strong and she was clearly the winner and she was the best one that season. But she won in a somewhat weak cast. I can't remember who else. I know that it was Jujube and Cracker were the, the final two with her but i can't remember who else was on that season um you had miss cracker juju b alexis mateo oh, alexis mateo india farah Derek barry marla gibbs <laughs> i would pay top dollar to watch it was season of drag race where marla gibbs is a contestant uh i'm sure we'll revisit this because not much so let's jump right into it after kahana's elimination alexis thanks lala for saving her and the queens review the votes from the previous episode the next day rupaul enters the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge the queens will create an original outfit worthy of the drag race hall of fame using material inspired by one of five former winners as the winner of the of the last challenge lala won the right to assign the looks she paired them as followed as follows uh, the winner of Kylie Sonique Love uh, from All Star 6 went to Jessica Wilde. Lala Ree was paired herself with Shea Coulee, the winner of All Stars 5. Trinity the Tuck uh, was assigned to Alexis Michelle. Candy Ho uh, got Monet Exchange from All Stars 4. Uh, and Trinity Tuck was from All Stars 4 as well. And Trixie Mattel from All Stars 3 went to Jimbo. Very interesting. Uh, I was thinking about this. The who they chose. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a Chad Michaels from All Stars 1, which, okay. You, you know, you only have so many. Right. Uh, we didn't get All Star 7's Jinx Monsoon, but that they could have. I don't know what the filming schedule was. It could have been while it was airing. It's too soon. Yeah. Might, might be, be too soon. soon. Maybe And also, maybe they hadn't really made their choice yet. I'm sure they did, but whatever. Let me see. 6543. Yeah. No Alaska, which I think Alaska would have been a slam dunk, easy one to do. And as we've learned, Alaska has confessed on Race Chaser that her relationship with WoW right now because of Race Chaser is not super hot. And so do you think that was a sort of conscious omission? Possibly. And it kind of speaks to an idea that I was talking with a friend last night um, who who was live texting me as he was watching it. I already knew everything that was going on. And we got talking about the challenge. Is this a person that doesn't like me? I no. Oh no, this is someone. You, this is one of my new scruff friends. Oh. <laughs> um, and I think they. Well, two things. One, I think Lala was very fair in who she gave. She didn't try to screw anybody over. Like the, everything seemed to match the people that she went with. But I feel like this is a challenge that was wasted, because at this point you have. 15 winners of main seasons, all right? Most seasons are 12 to 13, maybe 14 girls. Why not do where you have all of the previous winners? And at this point, there have been enough winners of the main show in which the more problematic winners 
Tyra and Sharon don't have to be a part of it. Where each girl gets assigned a a previous winner and has to do something related to that. Well, they can still do the challenge again. It's not that they can never do the challenge again. I know, but it just because the idea of it, I love the idea of the challenge, but it was sort of one of these I would have rather seen it later on. But and also, Chad, does Chad really have a signature look? Cher. <laughs> well, okay, but th- then you're doing a share look other than than instead of a Chad Michaels look. The Alaska one I thought was pretty noticeable. You know, I, I didn't mean... But th- also, you talked about the Alaska thing. Last week, they did the whole little pound cake. Oh, that's true. You're stuff. right. Uh, you're right. I've been proven wrong. Um, you know what? I didn't mean to stop there. So let me just say this one sentence thing. In the workroom, the queens get to work designing their outfits. All right. So after Kahana's elimination, let's talk about that segment there. Did you have any notes there, Taylor? Um, just the, I will never forget this moment. I thought that, okay, something's going to happen between these two by the end of this, There was, which I guess we know now what it was. Which is so funny if she's so concerned, you know, FYI people, I do know that Alexis, since the episode aired, has released a statement saying she regrets her choice. Uh, she didn't give a reason for it, but just that she regrets her choice. And she even says there's no edit, there's nothing it's just I made the wrong choice and I regret it and I should have done that. I should not have done that. But still, I'm like, wouldn't she have worried if we're getting in their head here? Like, what is the audience going to say when I've said this to her just the other day? Uh, technically, she never said, I'm going to save you if I get a chance. She just kept saying, I will never forget oh, this. Oh, she won't. <laughs> so, I mean, no, she won't forget it. And the, the fans won't let her forget. Lala Ree's fans won't ever let her forget it. <laughs> she will constantly be... Uh, Lala reminded about this. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm. So let's just stop. Right, you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break right now? We'll come back. We'll continue. Okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the rest of the episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do? for an extra hour in the day. I'll tell you, I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz, you know, wrote things. And then it seems now that I podcast, which is an, a, a great creative outlet, by the way, I just write less. And well, I do write a lot. I just, I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less. I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever is coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour, I would spend it writing. And that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy, and it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full-time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P 
dot com slash drag race. We are back. One of the reasons I took the break there, because I think this will be a long conversation, even though we're still in the first segment. On Just Between Us Girls, Taylor and I started a conversation that I said, let's save it for the show. So let's just have it now because this we I have zero. No, this is the first time in the history of doing the show. I have zero notes for this episode. Zero. Okay. I, what's funny is I spoke. To, so I was in the Bay Area for people who don't listen just between us girls. And so I had to watch the episode later than I usually do. So on the way back, I knew I was driving back. I talked to Taylor because we were pressed for time. I, I usually, like I said, I told everyone, I could tell you guys, I watch it once for fun and then watch it a second time for work. And I asked him, I said, since we're pressed for time, is this something that I can just, you know, just do a one and done, you know, just take my notes as I'm watching it because it's not that great of an episode. And I, I got the hint, Taylor can correct me, that you were like, no, it's not that, there's nothing really happens. Yeah. So I watched it and I actually, even though I knew that, I took zero notes and I was like, maybe I missed something. Maybe I was distracted or something <laughs> like that. Like maybe I just got back and I was tired. So I, did, so I watched it again this yeah. morning and I was like, like, like a hawk. I watched this. Like I was trying to look for any excuse to make a note. And I did make one, but I think it was about a clip zero. Let me see here. But like, I literally have zero notes. I think there was one that I forced Oh, no, no, it's not. It was just something I already said that Lala and Alexis flirted with each other. <laughs> that was it. It was reminding yeah. myself. So what's going on, Taylor? There, I mean, I this editing there was like you said, I think earlier, like, oh, they just we just watched them. So or something like that. Yeah, we watched them. So for 35 minutes of a show and occasionally be where where I will say it is clear that they gave them all a lengthy a lengthy amount of time just because they all looked exhausted and it also sounds like they were all allowed to bring their stuff home with them and work on it back in their back in their hotel rooms um so which we don't ever really hear that it's rare that you hear them say something like that um it just was you're talking about you said something last week that has stuck with me uh, and it stuck with me while I was watching the show where you were talking about Rue coming in and kind of talking everybody down um, from this, you know, where they're all kind of really emotional. And you said, yeah, because they're not all stars. They're, they're, they're queens who have performed on a show, but none of them are really, you know, with the possible exception of who I think the top two are going to be. Uh Jimbo and Jessica, I think, are, I, I hope are the top yeah, two. Let me, let me preface um, this. You don't know anything, do you? I don't know. I don't know anything. Well, FYI, FYI, before you say anything, I don't know because I intentionally stay away from the spoiler sub, but I did see a couple of comments uh, today on Reddit that were talking about how it's been remarkable how wrong the spoiler sub has been this season. But I don't know anything. I don't read it. But uh, they've talked about how wrong it's been. Okay. I think that these girls, part of the part of being an all star is knowing that you have to be on 
you have to be that, you know, big personality and having conversations with people. Because even the conversations that everybody's had this season, there always seems to be a theme of like intimacy, like where it's two people having a quiet conversation versus people being kind of like the big boisterous sort of, you know, where you get those moments, you get you get those moments of, uh, you know, Bianca talking or um, Bob walking through, you know, that kind of thing. People who would be, you know, who were all winners and could conceivably be on the next All-Stars winner season if there ever is one. So I think that they really didn't give them anything. These girls were busy focused on their garments. There was the moment where Jim, uh, Jimbo asked Candy, Does, do guys like to smack her titties when they're having sex with her? Which was Which was a funny moment. But... It wasn't necessarily like that. That's that was a 45 second clip versus everything else. That's everything else that's going on. And this harkens back to uh, earlier in the season. Candy would comment about all the hilarious things that the editors were leaving out. And I made the point then and this episode is is a good example of this is these editors. Trust me, this season are thirsty for any quality content they're not leaving any good shit on the cutting room floor and this also speaks to the people who were so upset last season that we got these shorter episodes for the first half of the season and i'm just like i guarantee you i'm the, the one thing i will say is like i bet you there's one or two sort of funny moments that were mild chuckles that we didn't see for the most part we lost the judges critiques and just stupid shit that would have been boring. You didn't really miss anything. And I think this episode is case in point. We also, I, with this guy and I were talking last night, we didn't get a reading challenge this season. Mm-hmm. Because they're reading themselves. That, that, that's <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> well, but, and I thought, okay, well, next week is the roast of Carson. So I thought, okay, well, maybe they're saving it for that, but they're going to do a roast. They're going to roast each other, but there's only four people. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, there could be there was, and it was just so bad that they didn't air it. That's what I'm thinking, is that it was one of those where... It's one thing to do that on a regular season where they show everybody shit the bed. I feel like season 13, or the 13 or 14 was like that. But you don't want to have the all-stars where none of them seem like they can be each other. I don't know. Uh, That's a good point. I didn't think about it. All right. uh, And so we didn't really talk about... I have zero notes on any of these things, but after Kahana's elimination, the next day in the workroom, the workroom workroom segment had zero storyline or conflict. It was literally just, it was like, the, it was just, all, this is an episode of B-roll footage. Yeah. Other than, other than baloney. It was just bullet B for baloney. So that was, that was the only thing, which is gross. I hate baloney. So. All right. This week, Raven and Chanel visit the Queens to check on their progress and offer advice. Jessica plans to play it safe. Alexis learns Raven would have sent her home. Candy channels her inner superhero. Lala shares this gown will be the first one she's sewn. And Jimbo worries that she, if she's ever in the bottom, she will be eliminated. Um, Any big thoughts on the table visits, uh, Taylor? I had completely forgotten about this segment until you just brought it up. But I remember thinking that this is actually a great idea to start doing this this late in the season when you get to... And they could even do this where... It they, they, uh, this could become a thing for Raven and Chanel to come in these old school queens that come in and try to stir up drama that are trying to because it's one thing when Rue is saying things to you but it's another thing when you've got these th- these mean girls for lack of a better word kind of coming in and saying you know 
oh, well, everybody, like, even at the one point when they were saying, if you're the front runner, you're in the bottom, I can't imagine, and Jimbo was doing the shut up kind of thing, where it was, I can't imagine that they're not trying to put seeds in people's heads, and they're they're taking the bullet so that it's not Rue that's doing it. Especially after Rue was all about walking children in nature last week when they had the intervention. Well, it's also another thing that they're, they're not talking to their quote-unquote boss. You know, now they're talking to more like, even though Raven, they would not, but it's still, there was still more seem like a peer thing, is I think what you're trying to say. And that they, and yeah. you get, so you get more honest reactions rather than like trying to be good in front of the boss. Yeah. Yes. By the way, no one has that for me at Discord. No one ever treats me like that. They're all like, just like, if if people if they if you don't like me I would say join afterthought. <laughs> I get treated like such garbage on this Discord. I'm the Alexis Michelle and the afterthoughts are Candy Muse. Uh-huh. Back in the workroom, Candy gets teased about her titties. Candy makes a mistake and needs to start over. Jimbo struggles with time management. Jimbo decides to forego makeup and Lala trashes her gown and starts over. It's elimination day and the girls get ready for the runway. Lala now has three different gowns she's made and Jimbo worries she may not finish in time. Uh, any thoughts on this workroom on the elimination day? Yeah, no. I know it is. No, it what? There wasn't a mirror moment like oh, there, yeah, there no. has been. It was it was all about just the dresses and getting the dresses ready. Yeah, if you because there are a lot of people, Taylor, uh, it's this is not a good sign for drag race. Quite a number of people who either message us on Discord or they'll write me an email about this who say I've given up on this season or I'm not watching this season. I'm only listening to the recap. So if you didn't watch this episode you might think, well, Joe's just being lazy because he was in the Bay Area and he didn't want to do an episode or what? No, no, guys, I am telling you, if you watch this episode, it literally, they should have called this episode Watch Paint Dry. If you're listening to Drag Race Recap, you've got yeah. the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there is, there's nothing in terms of like for someone who does a recap show where they analyze a show, there is uh-huh. nothing there. You know, I was um, talking to a friend about my visit to Oakland and they told me that Gertrude Stein, the author, uh, once said about Oakland that there's no there there. And I'm assuming that that means that no one ever referenced it. No one ever says like, let's go over there to Oakland. Like there's nothing there. In Oakland. There's no there there. And I would say that's true for this episode. There's no meat Uh on the bones for us to analyze. They literally gave us zero storyline. Apart from, which is actually pretty good. This La La Re, Alexis Michelle surprise. But that that, the payoff is until the end. There's not much to it. Right. And they don't really, it's kind of, it's talked about in the beginning of the episode. It's clearly talked about at the end of the episode. And I feel like there's one reference to it earlier. Yeah, guys, there's earlier on. There really is nothing here. I really mean it. So, Taylor, for this week's looks, take as much time as you want. (laughs) Great, because, okay. Um, Candy had Monet Mm -hmm. exchange, and she came out in a black... Why gotta be black? Uh, like like oh, quilted yeah. leather. Why gotta be black and mm-hmm. pink hair? And this dress was mm-hmm. horrible. I could make this dress. It was yeah. not good. It was ill-fitting, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that they called her on it. Um, the next one that came What's out. What's funny is, didn't she say she yeah. lost a bunch of weight? 
She was like, I lost a bunch. I think she was like, I think I saw. I think she was make she was making a joke about that because it was ill fitting. Like she because she said she said something like I lost a bunch of weight in my hotel room oh, last night. Okay, all right. Sorry, I was so yeah. bored. I lost a joke. I was like, this bitch making excuses. <laughs> right. Um. Who came out next? I believe it was Jimbo came out next. Wow. Right. You don't know. Okay. Jimbo Jimbo came out dressed like Trixie mm-hmm. Mattel or inspired by Trixie okay. Mattel with the face kini. And the yellow patterns, mm-hmm. like bodysuit with the big pink, the big pink, um, like trench mm-hmm. coat sort of thing with the big. I thought that this was really well executed, other than the fact that the smiley face was slightly mm-hmm. askew. That was the thing that was driving me nuts about it. But otherwise, I thought it was actually a pretty cool look. Um, and the whole idea that Michelle brought up the fact that Jimbo, like, and I'm sure you're fully painted under there, is just sort of one of those, like, okay, you know, the producers walked over and said, you should bring up the fact that that Jimbo's not wearing any makeup right now. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, she's fucking Michelle, she's not even good at it, she thinks she's so good. All right, here's what we're going to do, because we have so much time. We're going to start, I'm going to share this this little thing here. Yes. So now we're going to share. And, and, and look, you guys are going to get to hear me talk about the looks. We're going back to Candy Muse, right? But there's this, we're going to, and we're only okay. going to talk about it in time for the show. So Candy Muse coming down. I was wondering, I don't think they gave her enough sponges, but I would have totally leaned into the sponge look. As much as I hate that stupid yeah. Monet fucking exchange joke, and she, that was her uh, work that puss, and there's always time for a cocktail. But I mean, that is right. Monet exchange now. And she even said during the in the workroom, she's like, there ain't going to be no sponges next to this dress. And I'm like, it should have been a sponge next to it. It should have been. I would have leaned into that. At the very least, take make those sponges into a purse that you're carrying with you. She looks like she just took a hefty bag and just put a slit in it. Okay, Jimbo's look. Now I'm talking about Jimbo. It was frightening. And this is why I love Jimbo. And apart from the colors and patterns, is there anything Trixie Mattel about this? Um, I think... No, but they weren't supposed to make it. They were supposed to make an outfit inspired by, but not replicate a look, which I struggled with, particularly with Kanji. I'm like, Monet would never wear that dress. But then I'm like, oh, no, but it's patterns that Monet would actually consider wearing. This to me is very cool. This look is, is a very so cool funny, look. The idea that she should wear, be, have a face underneath this is so stupid. And the fact that it's even a topic on this. By the way, look, look Rue looks horrible. Oh, I kind of like Rue's look. My fear was they were going to make her. Oh, well, you like anything 80s. Yeah, uh, my fear was they were going to make her take off the mask so that and to show that she didn't have it. All right, so Lalaurie came out in an orange uh, one sleeve dress that had well, it was like a, a turquoise um, collar and uh, cuff on the one sleeve. I don't think this is that bad, other than the wig is so far back. She's got she's got a yeah. six head. She doesn't even have a forehead. It's a six head. Like Tyra Banks, um, and I could. Yeah, I guess I can just tell that the collar does look a little sloppy, mm-hmm. I guess. But I thought that the dress was actually really good. What about you? Yeah, it's a nice dress. Um, I could see how it's such Shea Coulee, like, sort of vibe. But, like, yeah, that wig is awful. Yeah. All right, next we have Alexis Michelle. Alexis Michelle, I thought, looked great. Um her, she seems to have had a glow up with her makeup. She's gotten really good in, in doing makeup, but she had an outfit that was clearly inspired by Trinity's uh, look. I guess she, it was sort of a look from All Stars. It kind of, so maybe she did 
know. And this is why, yeah, I, this is why I think Alexis did follow the instructions. I feel like it felt very Alexis Michelle, but still at the same time, very Trinity the Tuck. Yeah, but it's re- it's really pretty, really well put together, um, and including the headpiece with the feathers and her hair, and it feels very old school movie star. Like she's coming out where she's singing at the club, and she's the one that has you know very Rosemary Clooney or something like that that she's performing. But I think that she looks great and was clearly the winner. All right, next we have Jessica Wilde. She comes out. She's supposed to be paying homage to Kylie Sonique Love. I don't get why they thought this dress was great i thought this dress was horrible tell me why i don't know if it's well it's a weird color combination with the it's like a piss yellow and gray so that i don't i don't like and the way it just kind of looks like pieces of fabric all sort of sewed together which i get that's what a dress is but sewed together haphazardly (laughs) and I it's it's I just don't like it. I didn't like the like the hard front wig and everything about nothing about this said Kylie Sonique love to me at all. And it talk about a chance to wear a breastplate too. Kylie constantly had her her boobs out. So are there any looks? Let me see. I'm looking at the looks right now. And they're on the main stage. If there's anything I didn't really see, Kylie, yeah, the Lex, uh, Candy Muse. Oh, oh, I know what we need to talk about. Is that is it? Ross Matthews really come out with a clothing line? Yes, they talk about it on Race Chasers all the time, and they make that fun of him. That is one of the ugliest shirts I have ever seen a human being wear. Am I wrong? No, and that shirt is probably, if I go by what they say on Race Chasers, like two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars. It's too. So it's not. It's not even cheap. It's not even like a, a cheap shirt. It that is fuck. It is one of the ugliest shirts I've ever seen. Let me let me look and see if I can. Uh, well, what do you think of uh, what's her name Jessica's outfit? <sighs> It just seemed, you know, honestly, it seemed like someone who was competent with a sewing machine making a basic dress they had to make in a hurry. Like, it wasn't awful. It just looked like what it was. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll say. I don't think it was disgusting or ugly like you did. But (laughs) (laughs) what do you got for us here for the show? I, okay, I'm looking for, I guess it's Mayor 23, maybe? Yes, okay. So... The, the collection, Ross versus Ross, or Ross times Ross. Okay. Uh, that shirt, oh, God, no, I don't want to subscribe to your newsletter, is $175. You are kidding. That looks like something that you would see in international mail. They're all, they do kind of look like international mail. Yeah. So, and there's six of them, and they're all where they've got the big, like, you know, the collar, and then, like, either that Colonel Sanders bow or a big pussy yeah. bow. That was my drag name in college. <laughs> all right. On the main stage, Alexis Michelle is named the top all-star of the week, while Candy Muse and La La Ree are placed in the bottom two. Later, the lip-sync assassin enters the Thunderdome to battle, well, <laughs> Wimperdome, to battle against Alexis Michelle, the queen, Nikki Doll from season 12, and the host of Drag Race France. The song, These Boots Are Made For Walking by Nancy Sinatra. In the end... Alexis Michelle was named the winner of the challenge, and with that win, she earned the right to give one of the queens the chop. The queen... La La Re. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Did you watch Untucked? No. Should I? Uh, it might not be a bad idea to do so okay. just because Lala Lala's clearly pissed. Oh, okay. Yeah, where where Lala talks about it the whole time she's packing. <laughs> <laughs> where she just keeps mentioning the fact that Alexis, you know, and she's smiling, but she smiles in that way that like when you were a kid, 
and your mom couldn't beat your ass in public, but she would just kind of do the big smile at you. And you knew the second you got in the car, you needed to hide behind like the driver's seat. That that that's kind of the way she is in in that. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, and you know what? She should be. Yeah, she a hundred percent should be. That I would I would be furious. I would have caused a scene on the main stage. I would have been like, really, bitch? And this made an iconic exit. I almost wonder if Candy was going... Because Can- the way Candy was talking as far as the... I'm not leaving. I'm not... You know, if she tries to if she tries to vote me, like... And I get that that's dramatic. And that's also probably after the fact. But I almost wonder if... Like, what happens if somebody does that? They say, I'm not going to leave? They Or they or they, they start fighting with... We've never had a situation in which a girl fought with an other. The closest we came to it was Fifi, not... You know, I tried to hug you, Fifi. Like, that's the closest we've ever came to something like that. I want it to happen. That'd be the great... That would have made this episode worth it. Yes. Absolutely. That would have made it... I would have punched Nikki Doll. <laughs> Even though she had nothing to do with this, I would have just punched her. Uh, any other final thoughts? No, that's it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 8. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also watch video versions of the show and more over at youtube.com slash dragracerecap. This podcast was produced by Luke Stamen. Taylor the Latte Boy has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Co-Pilot, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Taylor on Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and TikTok at Joe Batance. Special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Alex S. Anonymous. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Carter McKinnon. Corinna Williamson. Doofus Maximus. E. Smith. Elizabeth Timmer. Emma. Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Kathy Zender, Lauren Eckert, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Mike Yeager, Nikki Baker, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Robert NYC, Robin Eganberger, Runner Brandon, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travi Cosmos, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.